Hey everybody, it's me, no it's not me, 6 Minute Abs, it's me, Abby, and welcome to another episode of Meet My Monsters, however this week it's completely different because we are Meet My Monsters meets Legendary Africa! Okay, so hey everybody, I'm super excited for this week. This week I've got the girls with me from Legendary Africa Podcast. Say hi everybody. Hi, (laughs) Ellie. So would you guys like to give me a little bit of an introduction to your party and where people can find you and what it's about and everything? Sure. So we talk about myths, legends and law from Africa. Um, Do you want to give some examples? Yeah, we've um, talked about the Asan Bosam, they're vampires of Africa. We've talked about the legendary Bayajida, who supposedly founded the Hausa tribe in Nigeria, mm. and plenty more. So we do creatures, people, anything that comes out of African folklore. Yeah, we actually did a very similar episode with the, the Buddha. So yeah, the way The way hyena of Africa. Still That's a favorite really of mine. interesting. It's weird, hey? Yeah. That thing just blew my mind. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> Yeah, and as far as I understand it, there's quite a few were animals in Africa. There's also the were lion. We might look into doing that at some point. Apparently, we have a were crocodile. What? Yeah. <laughs> if you see I, one, that makes tell me, me very uncomfortable. I don't know. I kind of like it. I like the idea. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna see today. Okay, so here's a little bit of a spoiler alert. So for you guys who are listening at home, we each picked a country, so we made sure that we wouldn't get the same kind of animal. And here's a spoiler alert for you two. Mine is a water beast, so you're going to see how much I hate water animals because I'm like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> just going to sit here with my feet up and be terrified. Oh, well, I like that because I went completely the other direction to desert beast. And mine is oh, actually cool. an air beast. Oh, how what? did that work out? <laughs> and I didn't know what she was doing. Guys, so. all we're missing is fire. <laughs> Basically. Well, actually. Oh. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> So I'm I thought um, we could play rock, paper, scissors to figure out who goes first. Okay, cool. Ready. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's go. And rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> oh. What are you guys? I can't see down there. Oh. <laughs> we all scissors. All scissors. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, one okay, more time. Let's try again. Okay. Rock, yeah, rock, paper, <laughs> scissors. <laughs> oh. oh. Okay. Ah, okay. I beat both of you. Okay. Okay. Okay, Should we do rock, paper, scissors between you and I to see who goes second and third? Yeah. Totes. Okay. Okay, let's go. Okay. Rock, Rock, (laughs) paper, paper, scissors. (laughs) Scissors. Enough for the scissors. (laughs) I don't know. We like in sync with each other. Okay, let's try this again. We can do it. Rock, paper, scissors. Ah. Okay, I'm second. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay, Okay, let's get going. I'm so ready to hear. Okay, so I'm talking about the Adze from Ewe folklore. Now, um, so just a little bit of stuff about the Ewe uh, people. Um, The Ewe people is an ethnic group existing in Ghana and Togo. Uh, They're a patrilineal community, so their ancestry is traced via male ancestors. Um, But while they are patrilineal, 
it is actually the airway women who are merchants and traders. So they have shops and they handle all the transactions themselves. So they've got the money in their hands. That's so cool. Yeah. But I don't want to talk too much about that. Uh, so the Adze is actually a vampiric being. Ooh. I'm so ready. I'm so <laughs> excited for this. <laughs> so here's why I said it was both fire and air, kind of. Because the Adze usually exists in the form of a firefly. Ooh. <laughs> That's so cute. So, um... Aww. If it is, yeah, uh, no, not really, hey? <laughs> oh, okay, we're going to see not why it's cutie. not cute. <laughs> so um, if it is captured, it takes on a human form. But in 5-5 five, five form, form, the Adze has the ability to pass through closed doors at night and sucks blood from sleeping humans. Oh. So it's like a mosquito. Mm-hmm. Actually, basically, <laughs> because it, it sucks the blood from your, from your thumb. So just like a mosquito, yeah. The only thing is that it drains your body completely. Through your thumb? Mm. I feel like that's probably... And it's a firefly. It's a firefly. Just this little glowing bug that slowly eats you to death. I mean, yeah, surely that takes forever. Like, why the thumb? Yeah. I suppose you don't notice it there. Like, if it was sitting on your nose, you'd probably smack it. it. (laughs) I don't know. Um... As a human, the Adze actually then possesses another human's body, uh, so it turns the victim into what the airway people call an abasom, which is a witch. Um, the Adze's possession usually negatively affects those closest to the victim, and this is actually like a main way one can see that someone else is possessed. So like, you know, an old person is possessed if suddenly all the younger people around them start dying, but they're very, very healthy. Oh, damn. Oh, wow. Yeah. So just like, look out for your grandmothers and your grandfathers. <laughs> <laughs> They're out to get you. Yeah, just see if they're living a bit too long, you know. You gotta worry about something there. <laughs> well, then I'm screwed. Both all of my grandparents, like, pegged in their 90s. Okay. So. If you feel yourself getting a bit ill and sick and they're glowing, <laughs> you need to be worried. Oh, okay. All right. Um. So the Adze as a firefly is thought to look like a shining beetle. It emits like a candle-like glow. And they prefer the blood of the most beautiful children, which is kind of creepy. Um, But if they can't obtain blood, they also drink coconut uh, milk or palm oil. Oh my word, what a diet. (laughs) So much more benign. Yeah, they they need to keep their figure. I know, right? (laughs) Um, So as a firefly, they're apparently indestructible. There's no way you can kill it. And and there's no defense Sorry, against Raid. it, so you just have to lie there and get sucked dry. Yeah, yeah no, <laughs> that's not gonna work. <laughs> um, but if they if you manage to capture them and they're in human form, then you can uh, kill them normally. Um, now, as a, and when they're in human form, they usually appear as hunched over beings with really large talons, and they feast not only on your blood but also specifically on your heart and liver. Oh, no. Gross. Yeah, so not quite the cute firefly <laughs> we thought. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> so they drain um, yeah, so they drain people completely of their blood, and they also thought to transmit diseases, which has led to the death of thousands. Hmm. Bum, bum, bum. So I can kind of see where this myth is coming from, actually. It's probably related to some kind of blood disease, you know. So actually, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually, Abby was the spot on. It's apparently supposed to be a possible explanation for outbreaks of malaria in certain areas. Oh, <laughs> hey. Yeah. So they think that the idea of an Adze being indestructible might have stemmed from how hard it is to kill a mosquito, like without raid and stuff like that. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I have to say, you know what this reminds me of? Um, in California, there's this whole trend um, of like old billionaires uh, getting blood transfusions from young people. And it's supposed to, like, you know, give them that glow, make them live longer. And it kind of reminds me of that. Like, this is real-life vampirism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that just sounds nasty. <laughs> California, oh, hey? Yeah. Um, so that's all but that's like the, the vampire facial. You know, where they take your blood and they spin it. And then yeah. you're supposed to be glowing after that because they put it on your face and then they go like... Wait, what? It's really weird. Wait, do they put your actual blood on top of your face yes so, so they, they take your blood yeah they um they kind of like spin it to extract i think the ectoplasm or something of it and then they put that the gold stuff on your face and then they like laser it on you so where yeah. is this <laughs> uh, i saw it on goop goop lab <laughs> on netflix i mean i have heard weirder things from dr sug i mean <laughs> don't knock it till you try it <laughs> I guess whatever no, works I for won't you. Be I suppose. That, thanks. <laughs> I mean, at least it's your own blood, so you know. <laughs> I know, but still, I'm like, you see it being sucked out of you and then put on your face, and I'm just like, when I saw Gwyneth Paltrow doing that, I was like, girl. Mm. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow did it. This makes a lot of sense to me now. Yeah, it all comes together. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's all I really had to say about the ad. There isn't much information else about it. <laughs> but I just thought it was an interesting little tidbit. Well, that is quite interesting. Okay, so what are our thoughts? Is it a real vampiric night bug thing? Um, I'm personally going with natural blood disease and people didn't really understand where it came from, so they had to kind of come up with something supernatural. But I mean, like, what I if like they that. actually found kids drained of blood? Yeah, that is weird. <laughs> That's another thing. Because why you would know? they say it prefers the blood of the most beautiful children? Like, they must have stemmed from some somewhere. Hmm. Unless there was like some crazy psychopath out there. Do we know if cannibalism was a thing in, you said Ghana, right? Yeah, Ghana and Togo. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's cannibalism. Why would you just drain the blood? (laughs) I mean, who knows what cannibals Maybe they were selective cannibals. Who knows? Who are we to judge? (laughs) Right? Maybe it was an actual (laughs) animal that would do that. (laughs) I mean, you do get vampire bats. But it's yeah, interesting. It's interesting for me that they thought it was in the form of a firefly. That's the part where I think this is like the hitch in this whole story. It's like, well, how do you explain that? What do you think? Mm. I think okay. So in terms of the firefly aspect, yeah, I'm pretty sold on the mosquito kind of malaria situation and mm. explaining that. But the human form, I'm like, where does that come into play now? You know, because mm. humans don't give you malaria. <laughs> <laughs> and specifically taking out those organs like it's only what did i say the heart exactly. the liver. Hmm. you know no, no, man, that's gross. maybe you're right maybe there was some kind of weirdo that used to like cut out people's organs <laughs> who knows maybe there was like some kind of witch doctor going on on like a <laughs> rampage i don't know <laughs> something weird happened <laughs> okay so we're going with malaria meets a witch doctor cannibal witch doctor <laughs> sure <laughs> Who had a candle? That's where they were going. <laughs> Who had a candle? He walked around with a candle. There we go. <laughs> Solved it. <laughs> we are detectives. <laughs> yes, I love this. Okay, so I'm second, hey? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what our rock, paper, scissors situation decided. <laughs> okay, so mine is a little bit longer. 
But I'm going to take you guys to Liberia. So I'm Ooh, super dang. excited about this. Yeah, we don't have anything from Liberia. Mm. This is nuts, guys. Like when I was researching this, because it's so interesting to see how many things are actually in Africa. And obviously, you guys focus on law and humanoids and like kind of, um, what's it like? Actual negligence. Uh, Legends, yes, thank you. My <laughs> head is not with me today. Whereas I'm mainly focused on cryptids and animals mm. and that kind of stuff. And just with animals, there is so much. Yeah. You know, there's so many damn monsters in Africa that I had no idea about. And this yeah. is one of them. Okay. So, today we're going to take a deep dive into the rivers of Liberia as we discover an ancient crocodilian monster which yes. could be roaming the waters. Ah, yeah. uh, yes, I'm so glad. I was hoping for this. <laughs> I know, I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so for anybody who listens to Meet My Monsters, you will know that my feet are already up on my study chair yep. because the chills are like running flush down my spine right now because of my whole fear of water. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, guys, I don't know why I do this to myself. I scare myself silly. <laughs> <It's good. laughs> That's the one, yes. <laughs> okay. So this week, we're going to be taking a look at the Baha'i, all right? Now, this is quite interesting because the spelling of the Baha'i is actually G-B-A-H-A-L-I. Oh. So initially, when I was researching it, I know, I was <laughs> like, what the hell is a Gabali? Because <laughs> that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, phonetically, it's the Gabali. Then I watched um, an episode of... Mungo Expeditions, I think that's what it's called. But anyways, it's like this really famous cameraman who goes and tries to find cryptids on right. Animal Planet. Mm. And he researched this and it's pronounced Baha'i. So I was like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> Interesting. So this creature has been, a st has been studied specifically by an American missionary named John Mark Shepard. Now he has lived and worked in Liberia for over a decade and has documented stories of the Baha'i from local villages. Now, John Mark showed a collection of reptile creatures to local eyewitnesses in order to narrow down what the creature could be. And eerily, all of the eyewitnesses kept pointing to the same thing. However, the catch in this story is the fact that the picture that they were all pointing to is a creature that was supposed to be extinct over 200 million years ago. Okay. So that kind of, yeah. So that makes me super excited because it means we're looking into dinosaurs. That's exactly what I was thinking. Exactly! <laughs> that is it! <laughs> Damn you! This, That's it! <laughs> this is what I needed in my life. Okay, continue. Oh no, I love this. Okay, <laughs> so, first of all, the location of the Gabahai. No, you see already I'm pronouncing it wrong. Gabahai. Um, like, okay, so I said it's in uh, Liberia, but namely, it's actually in a very, very remote area um, north of the country. And specifically, if you're looking for the Baha'i, your best bet is to go to the Kahai River. And this is where the creature is known to frequent. So in the documentary that I watched, one of the eyewitnesses um, who was interviewed, uh, the series was shot in 2016, and he had actually witnessed the creature in September 2016. So he saw it twice that month. I'm just like, dude, wow. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I'm just like, what the hell? So, anyways, um, I know you must be thinking, why the hell would a, a human 
be in the waters if they knew what um, <laughs> you know what was in them <laughs> i mean me, no. scientists have very little love for life <laughs> i mean i was just talking about the other day i'm like if we know what's in you know the deep sea why would we want to get there because I'm happy with no. my feet on solid ground. Thank you. Uh, no, me too. Me too. <laughs> like I was watching this documentary and I swear it was like I was watching some really, really good horror because I was just like, one more bird. It was terrible. But anyways, okay, so that's the location of the Baha'i. Now we're going to get into what it actually looks like. So first off, this thing is an ugly son of a gun. Like <laughs> in all honesty... Personally, I don't think it looks cro like crocodilian at all, just based on what I know about crocodiles. And why I, I say this is due to the fact that when it walks, it doesn't actually drag its belly along the ground as a crocodile would. It's not like that awkward kind of lumber, right. but it rather walks on four legs and its body is completely up and supported by the legs. Oh, okay. Like a scaly yeah, dog. It's really weird. Ooh. Like a scaly dog or like a monitor. You know, oh like the right. monitor lizards that... Yes, <laughs> That's how you yeah. went straight for scaly dog, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, a scaly dog. <laughs> Another thing um, about this creature, which isn't crocodilian, is its head. So, its head looks more like a monitor lizard than a crocodile. Um, its snout is much, much snorter, and its snorter. <laughs> <laughs> its snout is much shorter than a crocodile. And it actually, the people, um, the eyewitnesses who have seen it has, have compared it to an iguana, like the head of an iguana. A lot of them also say that the teeth that they saw, I don't know how they had time to look at the teeth. I would have been running for my life. <laughs> but they say the teeth is like an interlocking kind of jaw. Okay. Um, yeah. And then based on eyewitness accounts, the length of the beast varies. But on average, the bar high is said to be between 20 to 30 feet. Holy How much? <laughs> I know it's it's a big guy, <laughs> twenty to thirty feet. Cool, yeah. Wait, do we know the conversion from feet to meters? Because twenty. Yeah, feet it's about. I think it's six meters or something like that. Wow. Yeah. No, thank wow. you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I was just like, nah, bro. <laughs> I'm good. I'm out. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. So yeah, that there's a thirty foot long thing swimming in your rivers. I'm not gonna go in there. <laughs> okay. More horrifically, we get into how the Baha'i actually hunts. So this is where it is very similar to a crocodile. Because in terms of its hunting habits, um, the Baha'i will attack people. Okay, this is where it differs to a croc. The Baha'i actually it can attack you on either land or water. Mm -hmm. Whereas crocs are known specifically to attack you in water. Yeah. I don't know if I was lied to, but I went to a crocodile farm once. And the chick, the guide, was like, no, if you're on land, they're fine. They'll leave you alone. So I think I it's like, more that okay. they're very slow on land, so it's unlikely like they're going to actually try to get you. Also, as far as I understand, um, what crocodiles do is they pull you into the water and then they barrel roll you until you drown, yeah. essentially, and mm. they eat your rotting flesh. <laughs> yeah, because I think they, they can't rip into you very well. They just have very strong jaws, so they just hold on to you. It's like a, like a death hug. Yeah. <laughs> a watery death hug. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> but that's exactly what the Baha'i does. So... If it catches you in the water, it will grip on you, drag you down, spin you around and drown you. However, the eyewitnesses of the Baha'i have seen it to, once it's drowned its victim, it will then drag the person back on shore and eat them there. Oh. So, so that your family like members can witness you being eaten. <laughs> no. No, no, he just wants takeout, Jim. 
(laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Delivery. My goodness. Okay. So a famous tale of the Baha'i attack is um, it's one in which three lives were actually claimed. Poor guys. Anyways, these guys were making their way across the river um, on like a makeshift kind of water ferry, a river raft. So it's just like a raft and then there's a rope between both sides of the shore. However, when they were midway through the river, um, their little raft was attacked and rammed violently by something in the water. So this kind of initial bash just kind of caused them to fall into the water. The men were then horrified as they fell into their watery graves. <laughs> so according to our witnesses, the Baha'i drowned the men, then proceeded to drag all three of the corpses to shore to feed on them. <laughs> Isn't that <Wow>. lovely? <laughs> it's like, I won't I know, spare this anything. This thing is gruesome. <laughs> no, no, nothing. Uh, but apparently in another rendition, another eyewitness tale, the Baha'i ate everything of a guy except for his little dog, which is really nice. Because oh. like, I love dogs. Right. So I was like, yeah, good he, on you, Croc. He, he's with he's Peter. A doggy. He's with Peter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so the Baha'i ate everything of the dog's owner bar the head. So the head of the guy washed ashore. And yeah, interesting. That's because there's not that much meat. Yeah, it's mostly skull. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's really, really gruesome. <laughs> so... Now we get to what the, the Baha'i could actually be. So there's quite a few um, assumptions based on, you know, what people have heard about the Baha'i and everything. And the first natural one that people go to is the crocodile. Right. So all skeptics, because there are crocodiles in Liberia. And so first off, you know, I wouldn't go in the water because of damn crocodiles, <laughs> let alone some crazy prehistoric 200 million year old thing running around. Right. <laughs> Anyways, naturally all skeptics just simply want to call the, the Baha'i a crocodile. However, there's no ways that this can be. So first off, like I explained, the Baha'i looks nothing like a crocodile. So when asked, all eyewitnesses passionately deny that the Baha'i could be a crocodile because it looks nothing like it. Furthermore, the size of the Baha'i rules out all crocodiles because, like I mentioned, the Baha'i is between 20 to 30 feet and... The longest crocodile that was ever captured, who was called Lolong, is a saltwater crocodile from the Philippines. And um, they came, he, she, it, they, I don't know if Lolong was a boy or a girl, but he was like 20 feet and three inches. So that means that, you know, like not all crocodiles are Lolong and not all crocodiles are saltwater crocodiles and not all crocodiles are 20 feet long. So there you go. Not a crocodile. Next up, we have the monitor lizard. Yeah. So a lot of people have speculated maybe it's like a, um, like a non-discovered monitor lizard, which maybe, yeah. So yeah. So locals have described the creature as resembling a monitor lizard in terms of its movements and body. However, there's no freaking way that a Baha'i can be a Nile monitor because the Nile monitor is the biggest lizard we've got in Africa, and it is located in West Africa. And the fact that the Baha'i can't be a Nile monitor is because a Nile monitor gets, it only grows up to 220 centimeters. So, (laughs) you know, (laughs) 220 centimeters versus 30 feet. (laughs) (laughs) Another thing that people thought, maybe this could actually be a Komodo dragon or a subspecies of Komodo dragons. So I was like, okay, that's interesting. I will give you kind of airtime because... Yeah, I could buy into that. 
However, my issue with the Komodo thing is, okay, first of all, the, Ko the Komodo dragon lives in, uh, where is it, Indonesia. Yeah. So it's found in like yeah. a little chain of islands in Indonesia. Not here. <laughs> sure, and yeah. another thing about the, the Komodo dragon, which rules it out for me, is the fact that a Komodo dragon does not live in the water. So it's not an aquatic kind of creature. True. Yeah. So I was just like, Nabra, <laughs> you take your Komodo and rest. <laughs> Anyways, now we're going to get into the interesting part, which is what does Abby think the Baha'i is? Yeah. Right. Now, okay, we've already <laughs> established that two out of three of us think that it is this. And that is the Postosuchus. Yay! <laughs> So that is a 200 million year old dinosaur, which used to roam the world um, in the, where were you? The Triassic period. Wow. Um, okay, so people have an issue with this theory, the theory of the Postosuchus dinosaur being the Baha'i, because um, the fossil remains of this particular dinosaur have only ever been found in North America. Now, yeah, that's a bummer, but, but don't worry, guys, okay. I bring okay. it back. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so the fossils of the dinosaur have been found in new mexico arizona texas and north carolina right. now the one thing people are forgetting about is the fact that the world used to be a supercontinent exactly so before we all broke up into different continents we were pangaea you know and if you look this is where things get really interesting for me so the um Postosuchus was found in North Carolina. And if you look at Pangaea, Liberia and North Carolina are actually very close. Oh. So I was like, ha! Got <laughs> you. <laughs> Suck it, dinosaur experts. <laughs> exactly. Suck it, guys. <laughs> Me and my little Google research have found it. <laughs> also, if I'm not much mistaken, I think the cousin of the Postosuchus, which is the Sarcosuchus, was actually found in Africa. So it could be there as well. But I don't know. It's kind of interesting to think that this um, creature would still be living in the modern day when we think that like crocodiles evolved out of, um, you know, water-dwelling dinosaurs. So I could be leaning towards the myth that this, you know, creature might actually be out there. Hmm. Um, yeah, I think... I think we decided two out of three uh, goes for ancient dinosaur, and I'm kind of wanting to believe this is real. Okay. I'm totally believing this is real. <laughs> yes, won you over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, guys, can I tell you why, though? Like, for me, the thing that I always go back to is the coelacanth. Right, you okay. know. So, like, the coelacanth disappeared, what, 65 million years ago? And then it was, like, pulled up by the, the fishermen, I think, in Grahamstown, but I know somewhere in South Africa. Mm -hmm. They were just pulled up in the nets. And, yeah, if something prehistoric like that could come back, who are we to say that this um, dinosaur couldn't be living in Africa? Because, you know, it's not um, really discovered kind of lands. We, we haven't had huge teams of um, scientists going through Liberia and looking for fossils and looking for, you know, different kind of species. So that's my thoughts. Yeah, I mean, there is one other option, which is kind of the lame option, <laughs> which is basically that these people were actually killed by real crocodiles and this whole thing was kind of hyped up for publicity. <laughs> but lame. I mean... <laughs> 
No, I totally get you. But I mean, like, the thing for me that gets it is, um, I don't know if you guys have heard about the Mokele Mbembe. Oh, wait, I, it rings a bell. Didn't, didn't you do an So it's on one that? of our most famous dinosaurs in the Congo Basin. Right. Yeah, and that for me just kind of like, we've got so many suspected dinosaurs in Africa. Come on, something's got to be true here. <laughs> <laughs> true. But yes, there we go. There's the bar high. That was awesome. That was amazing. Yeah. So Yay. Liberia, huh? All right. Yeah, Liberia. Don't Note go swimming to self. in Liberia. Exactly. <laughs> in fact, maybe just skim over Liberia completely. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Agreed. All right. So that leaves it to me to round up t- today's episode. And yeah, as I said yeah, take before, us <laughs> as I said before, I'm bringing us back onto solid ground with a desert animal. Mm. Uh, my creature is the Aiga Mucha, which is a South African uh, myth coming from Khoisan mythology. So you really are taking us home. Yes. <laughs> yeah, legit. <laughs> yeah, you guys all hanging out in North and West Africa. I'm like, guys. We got <laughs> freaky stuff right here. <laughs> okay, so um, if you guys listen to Legendary Africa, you know I like to give a little bit of history on the people itself. Um, so Abby has mentioned this on her podcast before, but Khoisan is a term for a collection of ethnic groups, most prominently the Khoi Khoi and the San, which are both native to southern Africa. Um, some may know them by the colonial Dutch name Hottentot, which, I mean, obviously don't ever use that because it's extremely racist, but it Yeah, came... I was about to say. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Can we say that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is archaic. But um, the name Hottentot actually came from the sound of the language, the numerous clicks in the language. So, oh. yeah, it's it's very typical um, colonialist where they're like, oh, we can't be bothered to really find out what these people call themselves. Let's just name them something according to <laughs> how we feel yeah. it should go. <laughs> so um, I found out a cool little factoid about the Khoisan, and that's that they were once the most populous humans on the planet. What? They date back to 150,000 years. Whoa. Good lord. <laughs> and I mean, you know, if we put that in perspective, right, the ancient Egyptians only lived about 5,000 years ago. So okay. yeah. <laughs> we're talking about like hundreds of thousand years older. So Jeez, like. Yeah, it's, it's just amazing because, you know, these people are still around today. Unfortunately, um, they're far scarcer than they used to be. But, you know, they're still yeah, hol- holding on to their culture and everything, which is amazing. Okay, enough about the Khoisan. Let's get on to the monster. So, the Aiga Mucha is a fearsome desert beast. And just by the way, this is spelled A-I-G-A-M-U-X-A. So I had to look up I'm what the worried. X means there. <laughs> Okay, in singular, these monsters are called Aiga Mukhab, and though they look human at first, they have one very peculiar distinguishing characteristic. So do we have any guesses, uh, any guesses what that might be? They cyclopses. Oh, good oh. guess. It, okay, so it does have something to do with eyes. Oh, really? But, but not that they have one eye. They have three eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so actually... <laughs> Actually, uh, Tashira is spot on. They do, well, almost spot on. They have four eyes. <laughs> okay, I mean, we were, we were both wrong, Abby. 
Um, oh. Hold on. Do they have four lines or am I reading this wrong? No. Sorry. My bad. <laughs> Guys, I'm oh. so professional. <laughs> no, no. They have two eyes, but the eyes are located on the soles of their feet. Uh, what? What? Yeah. So, yeah, I thought initially they have two eyes on the head, two on the feet, but no, just on the feet. Sometimes in the instep or on the back of the heels. Uh, so they How walk they on their eyeballs? How do they see where they're going? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, when I read this, the first thing I thought was, what an incredible amount of sand and dust must have gotten in their foot eyes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I can barely stand on the beach on a windy day, so <laughs> you can imagine. You know what I mean, Koa, though? If, if they had eyeballs on, like, their toes. So, like, ten eyeballs. Ooh. <laughs> Oh my word! Right, that reminds oh, it makes me, me of. Feel uncomfortable. Um, have you guys both watched Beetlejuice? Mm-hmm. Of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Abby's like, who do you when think Brad I am? When Brad takes his eyes out and wears them on his fingers. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly yeah. what I was thinking of. Okay, so you might be wondering what makes these creatures fearsome, because you know, eyes on the soles of the feet doesn't sound really scary, but no. they are two point seven meters tall. Mm. Oh my god. They weigh about 250 kilograms. And this is the part which will make you freak out. They eat people. Okay. Oh! <laughs> so they actually have these really long, really sharp teeth that can literally rip a human limb from limb. Totally uh, dismember. Oh my gosh. Is, is there other mouths where mouths should be? Yes. Everything else is positioned <laughs> where it should be. <laughs> okay. Good to know. <laughs> So they also tend to hide behind sand dunes in the hope of launching a surprise attack on their prey. Oh my word. So yeah, you're just strolling around in the desert, minding your own business. Next thing, 2.7 meter monster jumps out at you. So wait, where are these guys? Uh, they're in the Kalahari and the Namib desert, I would imagine, if they're, you know, Khoisan okay. myths. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So there is one positive thing we can say about these monsters, and you guys have probably guessed this already. They're really easy to outrun because <laughs> they can't see anything. <laughs> okay. Um, so actually, in order to see their prey, the Aigamukha actually have to either lie on their backs and lift up their feet <laughs> in a kind of yoga position, oh <laughs> or they have to do a full headstand. <laughs> oh my word! This just doesn't seem like a very effective killer. <laughs> Not very well adapted. No. Um, I mean, the really sharp teeth kind of make it a really good killer, but mm. <laughs> <in terms laughs> but only if hunting. they catch you. Yeah, yeah. So basically, if you're fast enough and you can avoid like their sense of smell and hearing, you could probably make it out. I mean, Ooh. that said, it's hard to run in the desert, so eh, yeah. it's it's moot. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There's there's also other ways to counter an attack from one of these giants. So there's a folk tale about. Uh, the animal uh, jackal so in african mythology the jackal is typically a trickster animal much Mm -hmm. like the tortoise or the hare Mm -hmm. and in the story the jackal defeats agamukhab by dropping tobacco on the ground while running and then when jackal's pursuer steps in the tobacco his eyes become irritated (laughs) enough to give its prey enough time to escape (laughs) (laughs) okay so it's literally put this in your pipe and smoke it (laughs) Go jackals. 
So you can understand why the Agamucha are usually portrayed as ravenous beasts because like they very rarely actually catch their prey. So they really have to stock up on food when they can get it. And I personally okay. think that if I were you, I'd be more scared of like a cheetah, a leopard, or like a <laughs> rhino attack than being hunted by these. But nevertheless, keep in mind, if they do catch you, you're in for an extremely nasty end. <laughs> I wonder if they can't yeah, doesn't sound run right. on their hands. I mean, on their, yeah, on their hands. That's what I was thinking. You know? I mean, yeah. So they are basically humanoid, which means that their hands are shaped like ours. And I, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not getting anywhere fast on my hands. Like, unless it's a wheelbarrow <laughs> race. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> they should Imagine do that. that they do a wheelbarrow hunt. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so funny, actually, if they, if they team up in twos, right? Because yes. the, person, the person steering the wheelbarrow can't see anything. <laughs> so they're just, like, going in totally the wrong direction. It's like, no, right, more right. No. Yes. Yeah, they're right. On the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyway, um, that was pretty much all I could dig up on these. I think you guys probably already know it's really hard to get material um, on, Definitely. on African mythology. So, I mean, you know, mm. if there are people researching this, and I'm talking about, like, not colonialists from the 1970s, but, like, <laughs> actual <laughs> Africans, guys, please send us more information. We need to get this going. Yeah. I want to know about the giants with really long teeth. Yeah, exactly. And feet on eyes on their feet. And surely by now they have a better method of hunting. <laughs> so well, maybe that led to the extinction. <laughs> like <possibly>. starvation. <laughs> mm. So I guess that brings us to what do you guys think this is? Hmm. A crazy person in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, who, who thought about the whole eyes on feet thing like how do you rationalize that yeah this is like a blind person maybe (laughs) a blind cannibal like someone yeah someone who was attacked by a blind cannibal (laughs) and for some reason they thought that that obviously means that they have another set of eyes on their feet (laughs) you know what these always like make me think of is kind of um tales that parents would tell their kids if they didn't want their kids running around in the desert you know to scare them silly i was thinking exactly the same thing that's so weird oh you guys are connected (laughs) snap (laughs) (laughs) yeah that could totally be it because it really sounds like um a very improbable kind of creature like it sounds like a boogeyman yeah that's why i'm like struggling to find a reason for it (laughs) yeah i mean hell if they exist i'm i'm terrified Probably can outrun it, but still terrified. I mean, what do you guys think of heat stroke after wandering around in the desert and then you start hallucinating really weird things? <gasps> okay. That's a good one. Yeah. You know, it's a possibility. Like that one. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe someone got heat stroke and then like got attacked by a jackal or something. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, that and then they made up this creature... Yeah, maybe. Mm. I mean, people do. Or maybe someone is just high. Hey? <laughs> a bit I too much that of that one. tobacco. <laughs> that desert <laughs> weed. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Gotta get me some jackal tobacco. Oh, patent that. <laughs> you heard oh. it here first. Jackal, jackal tobacco. tobacco. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah, forget camels. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The new quarantine COVID cigarette. 
Jekyll to Beckler. <laughs> Get it while it's illegal? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, guys, so I'm going to say that that is a combination of hallucination mm-hmm. and maybe a crazy person. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, uh, although the bedtime, the, like, scaring children thing is also very accurate. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, what else two. can you call that? I mean, the last option, which I always like to enjoy because I kind of want to believe that these things are true, is that this really yeah. was this very rare desert creature that maybe went extinct as you said from hunger or was kind of driven out by you know industrialization and like you know all these other cultures coming into the country and that yeah maybe it did once exist a 250 kg thing (laughs) (laughs) i mean sure 250k giant long (laughs) teeth and feet ball (laughs) but look i mean if we denied this thing why would we be doing our podcasts you know yeah true exactly i mean so yeah okay i'm with you i'm with you (laughs) (laughs) or can't they (laughs) (laughs) but anyways girls it's been so much fun having you thank you thank you let me know and let everyone know where to find you when they look for you guys um where can they listen to you what are your social handles how can they get a hold of you Yeah, so we are Legendary Africa. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, basically anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can get hold of us on at LegendaryPod, that's our Instagram handle, or on at LegendaryPod1, that's our Twitter handle. Also, please drop us an email anytime you want to chat at staylegendarypod at gmail.com. Awesome. Okay, guys, send them an email about the the crazy feet are people. Anyone who's researching that we want to know all of us want to know about it yeah yeah <laughs> we, want we want to know yeah so alternatively if you don't want to get a hold of legendary africa you suck first of all and <laughs> secondly you can get a hold of me then and you can find me on instagram which is meet underscore my underscore monsters you can hit me up on twitter which is just meet monsters because apparently my wasn't important um you can go to my website which is meetmymonsters.com or you can send me a Gmail, which is meetmymonsterspoddy, P-O-D-D-Y, at gmail.com. But anyways, this has been so much fun, girls. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us. And yeah, everybody, I hope you keep listening, and I'll see you next week, and bye! <laughs>